Welcome to the Best Work Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Henley-Smith. The goal of this show is to uncover the personal stories of successful software engineers, founders, thinkers, and leaders who are all navigating their own working journey. Finding our best work is often this hidden journey, uncovered through an ongoing conversation with ourselves and the world around us. Every one of these episodes is packed, full of timeless ideas you could apply to your own life. In this conversation, I speak to Charlene Hunter, the CEO and founder of Coding Black Females. Coding Black Females is a non-profit organization who support black female developers by providing networking events and learning opportunities. Charlene talks me through the incredible story of how she founded CBF. She talks about the fact that opportunities that seem to just fall into our lap are often the result of years of dreaming and painstaking planning, and that big, risky decisions can be made in a risk-averse way. Charlene talks about the barriers to entry for black women into technology, both in terms of how lots of companies sometimes think about recruiting and how would-be engineers pigeonhole themselves. And fascinatingly, Charlene describes herself and perceives her work at CBF as an exact mix of the careers of both of her parents. We talk about the influence that parents and grandparents have on us as individuals, as well as the way in which inspiring figures are often people who stood for something bigger than themselves. Our parents make such an impact on our life and we can sometimes be a mixture of both our parents. Are you more one than the other? Um, No, it's like I'm an exact mix. So my dad has a tech company. My mum has a training company and I run tech training. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) well, okay. But I wasn't expecting it. So, um, yeah, it's like I'm an exact mix of my parents and I didn't want to do it um it just happened and I think it's because it's always been in my life that's so funny that you take the exact same from both did you not (laughs) feel pulled in one direction or the other so I guess at a time I felt pulled because obviously I've been in the tech world for a long time my dad's tech focused but my mum because of the training that she's done is like on the empathy side and the caring side and and so it's it's very much a, an equal pull and I think that all the skills I have are because of both of them without one being greater than the other mm. does that give you a deeper sense of satisfaction in your work knowing that you're almost like kind of mixing together their pursuits I think so I think that every every achievement that I make feels like an achievement of my parents. So I'm like, every single time that something good happens, not just to me, but anybody in the community, I thank my parents that they made it happen because they set that foundation. So my dad has a tech company, my mum has a training company. They got together and and made community-based organisations. 
and I watched all of that growing up with this hope that one day I could be the same so now I get to do it so it's every achievement I'm like hey mum thank you so much hey dad thank you so much for for these skills because now it's not just me it's it's going out everywhere across the community and it's fantastic so yeah I think it increases it massively in some ways you hit on what I think a lot of people uh, miss this uh, ability to celebrate something that's greater than yourself I guess today we we're not we are we've we've lost our a lot of our faith uh we we don't have we're we're more individualistic as a society and therefore like on the one hand i think people see that as good but on the other hand it's difficult because you don't have those ideals or those things to like to celebrate and if you look back at the greatest people in history they often have been uh almost like messengers of another of a greater thing in in some way like i can never i can i can't think of anyone throughout history who i admire who i've admired because they they were themselves like it was almost that they represented something greater and it's so nice that at a, like a family level you can embody that yeah um I, I get what you mean actually normally we don't look back in history and think that person worked really hard in that job that they did day to day <laughs> that no one ever heard about it's the people that have an impact right the people that you can look to as role models that are like influencing loads of people and yeah to have that in a family is fantastic people always say who are your mentors and I start off by saying I don't have any mentors and then I realize that my parents are my mentor every step of the way um you know when we are trying to figure out how to write bids when we're trying to figure out how to do accounts or marketing or anything or networking I go to them because I've seen them doing it my entire life and then I become the full embodiment of of who they are and what they were standing for. Does it ever restrict you? No, not really. Um, I don't think so. I think it um, just encourages me. I think because I know it makes it worth it for them, it makes it worth it for the whole reason that I don't know, we're in the UK at all. Um, so I don't feel it restrictive. I think it just makes me want to go further because it's not just about me. It's about um, it's about what their dreams were. It's about my grandmother's dreams. It's, it's about all of that. So it doesn't feel restrictive. It feels um, like it makes me feel like I can do anything if I, if I wanted to. Sounds like your work and your the way that you define the success of your work is almost like less about how you perceive or, or like what you do day to day but in some way it's more about the the history the the meaning the the impact that you're making outside of your self like if it goes all the way back to your grandparents and the way that your grandparents give you that meaning that feels very different to how I think a lot of people see the meaning in their work um yeah I think this is the first job where I felt like it's worth not no a lot of my jobs I felt like it's worth it like I'm I can't do a job where it's just for the sake of it if you know what I mean I, I just can't um but this is the first time where every every step I like you know I don't just thank my parents I thank my grandmother as well because um I wanted to make sure that no, I didn't want to make, I didn't, I'm not doing any of this to make sure that they've achieved what they wanted, but it just makes it more worth it knowing that 
because of decisions that people made before me, I'm now able to impact people. And that's what they would have wanted. So it just makes it more exciting to know that that's, that's something we're able to do. What were the origins of Coding Black Females? The origins of Coding Black Females. Um, so I've been... Well, yeah, I'm not really a software developer anymore, unfortunately, because I don't get time. But I've been a software developer, um, if you will, for like 14 years. And I used to go to conferences, I used to go to um, events, all sorts of things. And I just didn't meet any black women in tech. And I wasn't looking to meet black women in tech. I just, just hadn't met any. So I wanted to then just get a chance to, to meet some people. So I created a community to do that. Started meeting black women at tech. Started finding out what people's other backgrounds were. That's when I found out about boot camps. I'd never heard of boot camps before. Started finding out about other technologies that I'd not heard of before and having conversations about tech, people's backgrounds, the reasons people are in tech and things like that. Um, and then it's kind of become more than just a community. It's it's a place people can come to expand and, and fulfil some of their tech dreams. Fulfill their tech dreams. That sounds that sounds big, but you know, if people want to get into tech or they want to um, get trained, or if they want to start training other people, if they want to mentor people, we've got ways for people to make that happen. Um, so it started because I wanted to meet black women in tech, and now we've got this fantastic way of black women in tech connecting, but also accessing the industry that previously a lot of people may not have thought was for them as well. It's funny how when you're talking about your your dad running a tech company and how you i mean that's obviously had a massive impact on you but like i mean i can't even imagine a scenario where you would have done your job and been the only black female and be a software engineer and never see another one if it hadn't been for your dad it's kind of weird that like you're it's kind of beautiful that you're you you then become that for other people because it's the only thing that it's the only kind of path that you it was the only reference point that you had and so however you've done it you've then built something that becomes the reference point for other people yeah i think i think i know what you mean um like so when i when i used to work with my dad or at my dad's i wasn't really at that point i wasn't thinking about black women in tech i was thinking about the fact that I didn't want to work in IT. I didn't want to work in technology. I thought it was a weird industry. It was a, I thought it was a dying industry and nobody was going to happen. <laughs> That's what I thought when I was younger. And I wanted to go into accounting. So, um, so I didn't actually want to do it. It was when I went to uni and I continued working for my parents um, and I built a website for someone and I was like, oh my God, I loved gathering requirements and I loved building it. I loved testing it and it felt amazing. And then I just wanted to to do that every day. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, like knowing that now other black women don't go to work as the only black woman in tech that they've ever met is absolutely fantastic. Um, it's It's been a really nice thing to see. There's some people that didn't realise that there was a problem um, because of the community. And then they go to... Really? And, yeah, they're like, oh, I didn't... Why, why are we doing this? And I'm like, well, because there's no black women in tech. No, not that there are none. Like, obviously, there's loads of us as well. But um, there's well, not enough. Not enough. Yeah. yeah. So, and then they'd go up to the jobs and like, oh, we get it now. 
we've seen it but because we've trained with we started in a community for black women in tech and that's where we got inspired and then we got trained here their whole like starter journey was with wow. other black women who were wanting to be in the industry who were already in the industry and then they enter and they're like oh it's a bit different so a lot of the companies that we're working with we're saying okay let's actually create programs to get more more than just one person off our program like let's get a few in um obviously through the normal routes we still want people to apply we still want people to um go through the normal application process but then people are not starting on their own and they've got people that they're joining organizations with which is definitely not what i had when i started out god it's so amazing that people feel like it's like it's normal in that circumstance it must be quite a shock i guess when when it's not when it's different when it's different um i don't know i mean obviously we we also live in the world right <laughs> we also live in the uk and um so we like it there's there's not black people everywhere and that that's clear so it's not that much of a shock i just think that sometimes it's nice to be aware with people who understand you um and sometimes understanding is greater when you've got similar backgrounds that's really interesting because I think a lot of people s see it and they, they'll miss the fact that it's about shared understanding and it's about being able to be with a group of people that where you can so freely share understanding. Uh, and I think a lot of people miss that. Mm. There's something nice about just breathing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's, I think that's nice. God, such a nice quote that, like just breathing. <laughs> I feel like I'm definitely not the first person to have said that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true though. <laughs> like they, they do just need a chance to breathe. What obstacles do you think coding black females removes for people early on in their career um for people early on in their career um i think one thing that it removes is the fact that so one of the things we're looking at is removing barriers to entry right a lot of organizations um in the tech space or in industry right historically they'll recruit based on the university you've gone to um having access to the right equipment so that you can have done things in the past or having the time to be able to work extra jobs or um, take on free work so you've got experience and things like that. And not everybody's had that. So one of the barriers is that we're removing the fact that you need to have gone through certain universities that may have only been open or accessible to people for from certain backgrounds, I would say. Um, so I think that that's one thing it's, it's working with companies to say, actually, you need to look at more than just red brick, more than just Oxbridge. Um, there's more places where you can get really, really quality candidates. Um, there's more routes into tech as well. So, um, you know, things like the bootcamp training, the, um, we offer a lot of self-learning courses as well. Things like that mean that people have options. And for me, when when I think of access and, and anything like that, it's all about choice, right? We have to give people choice and we try to give choice and options to people. 
who some who may not have had it or some who may not have thought of it yet they might have only thought of university and like there's this other route and that's absolutely fine as well so it's worth people to say look this is valid this is a route that it is a viable one um and that's on the organizational level but also for those individuals um a lot of what we provide we we provide childcare vouchers when people are training with us we provide well-being sessions we we give people laptops if they need them so there are no barriers to entering the industry and then you actually get a really good mix of people um from all backgrounds and if so say we did this across the industry for anyone with any background right you then get people from all backgrounds being able to to work in the industry which is what we need um because every everyone uses technology and, and we need all isn't it what do you struggle with most is it getting black females to think about tech or is it enabling those who are already thinking about it to get into it um i think it's to be honest there's a there's a lot of black women who want to get into tech um and who are already in it obviously we've already said numbers aren't high enough but that's definitely not a problem um there's also no problem in enabling those people either because we we provide everything we can to enable people who may not have access to what they need um one thing that we're trying to do is is show people that and i'm not saying people shouldn't go into law or they shouldn't go into accounting because they're obviously fantastic careers they shouldn't go into accounting apparently but <laughs> but we're trying to also say here is tech so people that may have gone down those sorts of paths um we're also trying to say you can use those skills here in tech if you've been an architect in the past you can use that some of those skills in tech if you've been a, a chef or like i don't know other careers that i can't think of um we want people to see that this is also an option, that the skills that they they have can line up with the tech industry too. So for me, it, it's just making, it's not, none of it's a, I don't think it's a, it's a hard thing to do to try and let people know that the tech industry is something that, that's out there that they can access. It's just something that we have to do. Uh, we have to, we all have to do it. We all have to be part of this. Because if we don't, we're just not going to have people around to build everything that we need to build in the future. When you look towards your future now, how will you define what makes your work meaningful? Um, the thing that makes the work meaningful is the impact that we're having. So um, I don't get I mean, how do you get excited when we get like new partners on board? That's fun, great, and it's fun when we win awards and things like that. But the thing that makes me really happy is when I get an email or a call from somebody in the community who said, um, because of something that happened with Cane and Black Females, even if it's because of the community, I met someone who told me about this other community. Um, and because of that, now my life has completely changed. That's what makes it meaningful to me. Um, knowing that someone's life could have changed one because of tech is fantastic and two because of the community um coming together is amazing as well so that's that's the impact it's knowing that we can impact somebody whose life could just get a bit better and it could be that they're like i don't know a principal engineer and now they 
they've got a community where they they can use to hire more black women to be in tech and, and they know that they're creating that change and that's made them feel better that that, that makes it worth it or if it's somebody who never thought this was something they could get into because they've never had a computer before and now now they've been able to completely change their life then that makes it worth it so there's, there's so many ends of the spectrum but essentially what what it's important to see is that people are having positive people's lives are improving and that's I think that's what matters the most that's what I I look for that's what gets me excited every time we we get a new project I think about the impact on those people if that means that they can be more influential in in industry if that means that they can um you know get other jobs or have other job access in the future that that's fantastic I was a bit like a drug, isn't it? Like, it must be so amazing to ha- have these people in your community keep coming back and 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 saying these things. Like, I can't imagine like how that must feel, and it must it must almost be I don't know, like addictive in a way. I don't think it's just exciting. It just helps because we everybody on the team we work so hard, like. Anybody who knows us, some of us don't sleep. We just work all the time. And it's those messages that help us to keep going um, That because we know it's worth it. So I wouldn't say it's it's not that it's addictive. It's just knowing that it, it's worth it. And sometimes you, you don't get one for ages. And it's not that I then feel bad. I just feel like, are we not doing enough? We need to make sure we're doing the right things. Let's make sure we're giving people what they actually need. Um, so that Not so that we can get the messages, but so that we know we're having that impact. I don't need the messages. I just, just know that that people are actually benefiting from it. How will you know when your mission's achieved? Um, so I guess that there's there's a few ways to look at it, right? At the moment, I think we've just done um, looking at the, the stats of, of black women in tech. The numbers are, are low. Um, I think we're at 0.7% in the UK at the moment, which I, know, I can't remember what the number's supposed to be, but it's far too low. Um when that number is more correct, then okay, that's us on the right journey. When we see adequate representation of black women in leadership positions in in tech organizations on boards, things like that, then we know that we're on the right journey, we're going in the right in the right direction. When we see technology that's delivered not providing negative experiences for black people that use it and for women that use it, then we know that we're we're doing the right thing. So it's just sometimes I think, you know, you look at the past, you look at the fact that there's always been um, people trying to make change um, for racism and for for people's access to, to different things. And, and we're still having some of the same conversations that we've been having for the last, I don't know, 50 odd years, more, longer than that. So... And then I'm like, oh, maybe the maybe that journey's going to be a bit longer than I than I thought it was going to be. But um, the key thing is that we know that we see change, and we've got to start. Well, we're seeing change. We've got to continue to see change. Impact is one thing, and turning it into something concrete is another. I guess. How 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 did you make the decision to go all for it? And was there like a sign that you could? Yeah. So. It was a it was a really hard decision. So I guess to give you a bit of background about Kind of Black Females and how we've been running, um, so we started in twenty seventeen as a meetup group, completely voluntary, obviously. Um, and over 
we're now like five years in and it's a very different space to what it was five years ago. Um, but at the beginning of 2020, or yeah, the end of 2020, the end of 2019 or the beginning of 2020, at some point, um, we ran a, a workshop and I remember finding people within the community to go and deliver this workshop. Um, and I was like, yeah, you're all going to get paid. Like, I'll make sure you will get paid for delivering this work because you're taking time out of your day to do this. And I need to make sure that your time is valued. So I just, I don't know, just took some money out of my pocket and made sure that everyone got paid because I wanted everyone to know that their time was valued. And then um, someone approached me and said, do you want to run a coding bootcamp together? And I was like, do you know what? Yeah, like, that's always something that... Is, is on my plan and we we plan to bid for this at some point and great you've come to me things fall on my lap normally when when they're supposed to so um yeah she came to me and said let's do this so we we put a bid together went through it and I was working full-time at that at that point um and I was like gosh if this comes through what am I going to do because I've got a job and I haven't really got time to to run a boot camp on the side yeah um, but anyway we won it that sounds like quite a lot <laughs> Yeah, we won it. And then, um, so then I found people in the community and and allocated everyone different sections of the bootcamp to build. I wrote a curriculum for it. Um, and then we started building this bootcamp and I had a full-time job. And at the same time, we were recruiting candidates onto a bootcamp. Um, we were interviewing, there were days that I was interviewing people all day and recruiting people all night. And all I was doing was interviewing people to be software developers. That's all I did, like, day and night for weeks. Um, but over that time, what we also had, obviously, we'd won a bid, so we had some income coming into the business as well, which I didn't take um, any of that, because I was like, we're going to need that to actually deliver. And, and it's like a, kind of, like, a, a, like a government bid or something. Yeah, so that was essentially our first investment into the business, um, was me not paying myself the amount that I was supposed to pay myself. It was allocated to me. Um, but then what that meant was a year on when we got it again, we then had um, enough in there to say, okay, let's actually, we can hire somebody now. And I actually wasn't the first employee of Cone Black Females. It was it was somebody else. Um, so she started working there, which meant that we could answer things and, and get things done whilst I was working. Um, we won more work. And then I was like, well okay I guess I have no time anymore to do a day job I have to quit I have no choice but to quit my job now I haven't got the time and then um someone came to me made the decision for you yeah I know um I had someone come to me and say look I really want to um teach and I was like you know what if we win another bid I'll get you a job and you can teach on our boot camp full time and then that day we got confirmation that we'd won a bid and I was like, great, oh, <laughs> here's your contract. Wow. So um, there was myself, somebody else who came with me and um, and somebody else who came on to teach. And then we all of a sudden had a full-time business. Then we started... Um, well, it's kind of like less all of a sudden because you did a fair bit there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it's funny because whenever we achieve something, I'm like, we've never done this before and we achieved it. And it's like, no, we've been working really hard for years and we finally <laughs> able to achieve these things. Um, but yeah, so... We'd, we'd laid down all the foundations. We were then able to, to start growing. But then, because we had more time, we could offer more to the community and work with more companies to deliver that. So then um, we were able to, to apply for more funding. We were also able to get more sponsorships. We could hire more people. The fantastic Kickstart scheme came out at that time as well. So we could get some employees that um, were covered by the government. 
and then we had a team and now we're like 14 employees and I think I I think I quit my job what was it last year so what an amazing story been really full on <laughs> it's amazing that at each point I mean we talk so much about decision making and how to make these important decisions in our life and you have avoided it by just putting yourself in situations where there was no decision to make in some ways like naturally it's sometimes it's so difficult to like follow our inclinations and know exactly what direction we should go in but yet you've you, you you've kind of just gone hell for it there I think it's it depends on how you look at it right so when I actually think about it I think I'm a risk taker but I don't think I'm a risk taker at all I'm actually extremely risk averse from what I can see so I did a shed load of planning to say, okay, if we do this, the reason I'm not going to, I could obviously have taken income for myself at that point, but I knew that I wanted to make sure that we had an option for the future. So I then looked at how much we'd need to have an option to have people on board in the business for a certain amount of time. So we, we saved that essentially so that we could do that. And then um, I thought about the direction that I wanted the business to go in. And then a lot of planning went into that and I built out the the right elements that we needed. I got the right people on board that would be able to make that happen. So you can only, like, there's one side where you're like, oh, it just fell in your lap. There's another side where it was actually extremely planned. And <laughs> I it fall in my lap. But actually, I've been thinking about it for years. And so um, even when I was at uni, I'd been saying to people, when I leave uni, I want to create a community for black people. I just don't know what it is yet. But when I create it, will you join? And they're like, what is this community? And I was like, I don't know what it is yet. But so that means that my brain had been thinking about it since I was at uni. And then coming from, I think that's the thing. So I think that's where it goes back to my childhood and watching my parents run communities and have businesses. So all of that was just in me. And I knew that there was something I wanted to do. I just didn't know what it was yet. So I went to a lot of conferences and when I was there, I would talk to loads of people that had ideas, loads of people that wanted, they were looking for CTOs and I wanted to see whose idea I could be a part of and what I could build with other people. So I was, I've been looking for something for a while and then I found CBF and CBF found me and, and now <laughs> this happy mix of everything that we're, we're looking to achieve. So um, yeah, I don't, I don't think any of it's an accident. I think it's all... I think maybe I'm actually a, a planner that plans in my head for ages and then I forget that I'm planning. <laughs> my, my brain does loads of work that I don't know about and then it just arrives. <laughs> it's like a circle, isn't it? It, it <laughs> sort of feels like it all comes back and it reflects itself and it, it there's this kind of never-ending cycle, whether it's your parents or your grandparents or whether it's your community or whether it's the boot camp that it feels like they're all the same themes in some way yeah um well this definitely feels like the right outcome of ev everything um it all feels as though when i look back i'm like oh it was very clear that this is a a suitable endpoint for not endpoint. This obviously isn't an endpoint. It like, looks clear from from where we're looking now. Yeah, yeah. really clear externally. For me, it wasn't like that because I was like, oh, I don't know what I want to do. I'm gonna go down this path, or you know, I know that I don't. I know that I want to work in an office. <laughs> That's all I knew. Um, so yeah, maybe externally it, it seems really clear. Or looking back, I'm like, oh, that makes sense, but um, didn't feel it at the time. <laughs> 
That was so much fun. Thank you for running me through everything. I found it really inspiring, the whole thing. Oh, excellent. Thank you. No, that's been really fun. It's been fun to take part. <laughs> cool. Right. Well, thank you. I'll see you soon. Catch you later. Take care. Bye. Bye. The Best Work Podcast is produced by the team at Cord. I'd love your advice on how we can make sure the Best Work Podcast is having a profound impact on the way we all pursue our best work. Email me at bennettcord.co. You can also find a transcript of this conversation, insightful video content, and more at cord.co slash insights. Thanks for listening.